Well, good morning, everyone. Am I on loud and clear? Yeah? Okay, good, good, good. All right, well, my name is Joe Carter. Um, I grew up uh, about two and a half hours north of here, and I'm stepping in for Brian, who's on vacation right now, and I'm so excited to what, for what God has to teach you this morning. Um, so yeah, hopefully it is him teaching you and not even me. Um, so it is, you know, almost July 4th, so this is the, the weekend that we celebrate our country's independence uh, from Britain, and, and it's such an awesome time to celebrate our country and the heroes that fought and died for our country. Uh, but I'll be talking more on the dependence front today um, and working towards our dependence on God, not our independence from God. Um, our culture likes to have independence from God. And our culture likes to not depend on anyone. Um, and uh, Ernest Hemingway, I don't know if you've read him, but one of the books I read in my class last year, I'm a, I'm a school teacher, um, was The um, Old Man in the Sea. And so he's this, he's this big, rough guy uh, that was a big game hunter. And uh, it was once said about him by his partner that this man is the most complete man I've ever known. And uh, it's, it's like the pinnacle of, of manhood is to, to be independent and, and you know, on the, on the frontier. But today we're going to learn a little bit about dependence. Um, and so I'm going to start out by uh, giving a little bit of my testimony and what brought me here today, and then I'll move into my sermon, sermon points. We'll see a video shortly, too, so it's pretty exciting. Uh, nine years ago, in 2007, I attended the Rochester Institute of Technology to study engineering. Um, Jesus Christ had always been a part of my life. Uh, my parents have been strong Christians my entire life. They were saved in college. And uh, however, growing up, Jesus was a bit of an embarrassment to me, to be honest, um, in high school, middle school, elementary school, college. Um, he was sort of on the fringes of my life. I knew he existed, but I was very independent of him. I did not need him to be happy, and um, none of my friends were Christians. And I was totally okay with that. It was totally fine with me. So that was, that was me, and then... At the end of my freshman year at RIT, um, I was about to have a radical thought that just came to me. I decided, well, I think I'm going to try this Christian thing out, and I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to see what that's like. And so I, told, I came home from college, and out of the blue, I told my parents that, and they supported me because they're awesome. And they said, okay, we'll find an organization. And I was a missionary for nine months in Nicaragua which I had no idea where it was on the map. I didn't know anything about it. I just went with a team. Uh, but there, there is where I met the Lord for the, really maybe the first time. Um, when I stepped off that plane, everything that was familiar to me and I held dear was, was gone. And it, it was just God. He was there and it was just like, He's all you got. Um, and I fell in love. I spend hours every day in prayer talking to this God. Um, and I decided that my, I could not live without Him. And uh, getting to this video coming up, on our property, I was living with about 14 to 16, a couple of, left, couple of people left, but 14 to 16 uh, college-age students. We had a property in Nicaragua, and there was this old, run-down cement shack 
on our property in the, in the way in the back that was an old drug house and it had tons of glass and all kinds of crazy stuff on the ground. Um, and my friend had an idea. He said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to use this house for something much better than it was used before. We're going to use it for a house of prayer. And we said, okay, sure. Let's get the rakes out first and rake all this glass and debris out. Um, and so we did, and uh, nobody got tetanus, thankfully. Uh, but yes, we, we uh, raked it out, and um, what it was used for was uh, us to meet together and to pray, intentionally get together, and this is the spot. We, we come in this building, and we pray, and we sing to God. Um, and at its peak, when we were there, it was, uh, there were people in the, in the building from the community, too. We opened it up to the community. Um, in that building for 5 to 15 hours, not every week, every day, um, praying and worshiping God. Um, and so I want to show you this video. It's some of the fruit of that ministry and the prayer ministry. And pay attention to what prayer can look like in your life. So if we're ready, it's that green screen. prayer here in Granada because we wanted to set aside a place. We wanted to have a sacred space where we knew God was going to show up each and every time that we went there. There are three main reasons why we wanted to start a house of prayer. The first one is intimacy with Jesus. We are designed not to go half-heartedly, but to go 100% in love with Jesus and to experience the burning, passionate love that He has for us. These past six months have just, like transformed my, my faith in God, my walk with God, and it's all been through prayer. Like, God answers prayer. I just started to pray, and it just kept coming and coming, and I actually started to tremble, and, like, that was the first time, um, like, I've ever trembled in the presence of the Lord. This is actually one of the best things that has happened to Granada, Nicaragua. Uh, it has, it's teaching people a lot about prayer, uh, letting us know how important it is to pray, uh, to have a relationship with God. The prayer house has been a wonderful thing for me. Um, I've experienced God in powerful ways. These people um, just embrace the idea from the get-go, and I think that that just fueled the fire in, in us to also run with this, and it confirmed that this seems to be from the Lord. The second reason is to experience the power of the Holy Spirit day in and day out that we would be able to change lives. That's how Paul intended the church to be. Filled with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like when I cross that threshold, I really think that, you know, I'm going into a holy place and I can really feel the Holy Spirit. Like outside the prayer house, sometimes I don't even want to leave because I just feel so one with the Holy Spirit in there. Really cool things that have happened is that, like, something will be on my heart 
and someone else will say it, and then we'll pray for it together. And it's just like the way that God's speaking to each one of our hearts individually. It's been a place of refuge for me. I have um, I've come there when I'm down, and uh, the power of God is just there. You can come when we're broken and distraught. You can come when you're joyful and full of hope. It is a place where you can come with any emotion and bring everything to God. And prayer has just been so tremendous in my life. Um, especially recently, especially here in Nicaragua. If you have a personal prayer life with the Lord, like, it's like, what are you reaching for? Um, it just becomes such a need rather than something I have to do. And the third reason is for revival for Granada. There's still people that don't know that Jesus is coming back. We're getting the word out. There's a wedding coming. We wanted to spark revival within this city. We wanted to be going 24-7, non-stop going all out with praise, worship, and prayer. Knowing that um, people in our community and from Torre Fuerte, other churches nearby, are joining in and participating and just builds unity. It was important for the world. Um, maybe after Granada, we can start another one in Salvador, Guatemala, all Central America, all the way down to South America. And pretty soon it will be the whole world praying 24-7, 365. Oh, that that would describe our relationship with Jesus and our pray, prayer life. It's hard to get to that place. Um, but today, I want to help you along um, and give you a few strategies in order to get there. Um, so my, my sermon goals today, I have one goal and there's four steps to get there. Uh, four easy steps. Um, I want to see yourself as enrolled in the lifelong ministry of prayer. I want you to know that you have been equipped when you put your faith in Jesus, to have full access to talk with your Father and to ask Him things and to, be, and to grow in Him. And that's a lifelong ministry, and we all are called to that. And so there's, there's a strategy that I want to talk to you about called palms up, palms down. Or, yeah, And uh, also praying scripture. There's a few corrections I want to make about prayer, and then I want to talk about praying and you. Okay, so I've learned from some of, the, some of the greats reading some literature, and I'm just going to be passing that on to you. I'm not the expert in the, even in the room uh, on prayer, but I hope that you can come away more equipped in, in how to relate to God in prayer. Um, and for those of you that aren't Christians, uh, because undoubtedly that you're in the room, um, I encourage you to still participate in this lesson today, because this is a very participatory sermon. I'm a teacher, so I definitely want my students to be engaged and active, so we'll be practicing together. And I encourage you, if you're not a Christian, to seek out and see if there's somebody on the other line when we're practicing these things, and he might wake up your heart to that. Um, So, and those who are Christians, we know that we have been equipped to pray. And this one, I don't think, is on the screen, Um, but Ephesians 3.12 says, In Him, Jesus... And through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Okay, so we're going to practice the palms down, palms up strategy. Okay, and I'm going to ask you to put your palms out. It's not crazy. We have spirit fingers. We have all kinds of good positive vibes that people do in our culture. This is not weird. We fist bump when our sports heroes are, are, um, are winning. So you, in, in a minute... Um, I want to talk to you about why you're going to put your palms down. So it's important when you approach God in prayer that you get beyond your immediate needs. 
Um, it's a big temptation when you go talk to God to have the instantaneous culture come into your relationship with Jesus. The text or the whatever it is, the quick results. We have immediate needs. We have this thing going on at work or we, we feel sick or we know somebody who's sick. And we lay out these quick needs to God. God, help me with this. God, help me with my job, with this, that, and the other. And that's all the relationship is for 50 years. You and God, and you just come to Him, and you approach Him, and, and you lay your cares down, and that's very good. Um, but that's the hands-down portion of it. We're going to surrender down our cares, and we're going to leave them with God, and we're not going to come back to them because we're going to trust that He has these needs under control. And then we're going to put our hands up, and then we're going to, we'll talk about what's going to happen after that. Um, so first... Um, we know in Matthew 6:25 to 34, this reference is on the screen, and Josh is going to hand out some Bibles for you, because I don't have all the references on the screen. I want to give you an opportunity to turn to them. Um, so if anybody would like a Bible today, or I'm going to read it so you can, you can listen in. So the first reference I'm going to be talking about is from Matthew 6:25 to 34. And this talks about us laying down our cares uh, that we have on this earth. And it says in Matthew 6.25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do they, they do not sow or reap or stow, store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying at a single hour or second to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They're out today. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, we cut it down for hay, or thrown into the fire, as it says, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has trouble of its own. So, uh, first thing, we don't want to discard our cares. We have a loving Father who wants to take these cares on. He wants us to trust them. And so, uh, we do surrender all of these things that nag our brains and, and thoughts throughout the day. We surrender them to Him when we come into prayer. And so, we're going to do that first. Um, and so you can just like, I don't know, have your hands out like at your sides if you want. But, but I, I do want you to practice surrendering a few things. Uh, I'm going to be praying, a, I'm going to be reading a hymn. Um, and as I read it, I want you to think about the subjects of the hymns. And I want you to surrender them to God. So the palms down. Let's see it. Try it out. Okay. You'll recognize this hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Have you given him your sins and your grief? Give it to him now. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. 
Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? I want you to surrender those right now. Is there trouble anywhere in your life? Give it to Jesus. We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who knows who will all of our sorrows share? I want you to share your sorrows with Jesus. He cares for you. Jesus knows our every weakness. If you have these nagging weaknesses that are holding you back, surrender them to Jesus. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden? Do we have heavy burdens today? Cumbered with a load of care, precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake you? Have you had the honor of someone rejecting you because of your faith? Give that up to the Lord. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. Okay, you can stop with the hand thing for now. Um, so that's really, we, we have surrendered a lot of things to God right now. And what, what do you have left to talk to him about? Right? What are you going to say now? You've already surrendered everything to him and you've trusted your life with him. What more there is there to say? And my answer to you this morning is nothing. Let me read a a quote from Soren Kierkegaard. He said, A man prayed, and at first he thought that prayer was talking. But then he became more and more quiet, until in the end he realized that prayer is listening. Maybe you haven't thought of that concept, that there is somebody on the other end. Um... But when we stop talking and we stop with all of our needs and we say, I trust you, Lord, that is when he can begin to pour into your life and strengthen you and cause you to do things that you would never, ever, ever do if you hadn't have spent that time in prayer with Jesus. Um, Listening. So we have these things in Christianity called the fruits of the Spirit, uh, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. There's a long list of things that we're called to be when God is living in us. I think this is getting a little close. Um, And so how do we access, um, how do we become more loving and more peaceful and more joyful? This is the time when you sit in silence and you spend time with Jesus, he will pour into your life and strengthen you during those times. It's not when you're blabbing to him and talking to him and throwing all, all your cares. It's when you have surrendered your cares and say, yeah, I feel like I'm being equipped right now. I feel like I am becoming more loving because I'm spending time with you and you're strengthening me and you live in me. So yes, part of, part of the hands up portion of it is where you are receiving and you are spending time and you're being quiet and so we are going to practice that it is one of those things you and i should have mentioned before you don't need to close your eyes i was i think i was in college when some public speaker mentioned this that when you're in public you don't ask people to pray 
especially in some areas, because that's when you get robbed and everybody worries about their things. So you, you don't have to close your eyes. You can, though. Um, but yeah, so we're going we're gonna to have our hands up and we're going to receive now. Receive strength from the Lord. Um, okay, so let's spend some time and, and just quiet. And let's invite the Lord Jesus. And if you don't know Him, invite Him to speak to you. Invite Him to um, work on your heart and open it up to His presence. And sometimes when we have our hands up, our cares and troubles come back in. That's okay. Then we flip our hands, flip the pancake over, and we give it over. We say, no, I I gave that to you. I trusted you with it. And then we're able to put our hands back up. I'm just so excited to see the prayer in this room right now. Okay, so that's it. I, I thank you for participating. And I encourage you to practice hands down, hands up on a daily basis. In the mornings, when, you're, when you have all your, your cares and your things you're ready to set out for your day, it's good to, to give him your cares and then receive because he might change the direction that you're going to go. He might bring an idea, oh, I forgot about that. You know, I, sh- I should do that today. I should help that person. Um, you would be surprised that there is somebody that um, wants to pour into you and it doesn't just have to be a one-way conversation. Um, but it is important with that, with that to uh, check the Bible and make sure that the ideas that come to mind are lining up and we're doing everything in love. If it's not done in love, if it's an action that's not going to be loving towards someone else, then it's not from the Lord. It's, it's not what you should do. Um, okay, so that's hands down, hands up. I also want to talk about praying Scripture. This has been huge in my life and in our Bible study uh, lately. Praying Scripture, it's very powerful. Um, it is, I mean, you're praying the literal words of God, um, and you're, so you know you're praying His will, and it's exciting to do so. Um, but it takes a few steps. So you don't just want to pick up any random piece of Scripture and start praying it without any understanding of what's going on, because you may be totally taking it out of context. Um, the, the, the Bible was written to a specific people group at a specific time. It was not written to you. Um, and so they're going to understand it in their culture. And then we take that and we, we say, well, how can we understand that today? How does it apply to our lives today? That's the order. You don't want to get that out of order. Um, and so the, the, uh, the text that we're going to look at is in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. And you'll see uh, Paul actually has a number of prayers. I don't know if it's 20 or something prayers that he's prayed in Scripture. Um, and there, there are long lists on the Internet you can look up to pray. And I'm hoping this will become part of your prayer life. Um, so this is Ephesians. I'll read through the prayer, then we'll pick it apart, and then we'll practice actually praying it with all of our heart for the people around us and for our culture today. Um, and so here's how it reads. In Ephesians three fourteen to 19, this is Paul speaking. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. 
I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Okay, so let's break this apart and, and talk about it, and then we're going to pray it together. Um, not out loud. Um, so, first of all, who's this written to? This is written to the Ephesians, um, and this is what Paul says to the Ephesians in verse 1 of chapter 1. He says, Paul, um, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. So we know that Paul is writing to holy people set apart, and he's writing to a church, and they are faithful in their walk, okay? So if you consider yourself faithful in your walk, Paul has something to say to you, and even if you don't. Um, and let's read, let's pick it apart kind of verse by verse. If you would bring it up to the first slide of Ephesians chapter 3, 14 and 19. If you guys would bring it up to the first slide, that would be awesome. Uh, 3, 14, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So the first concept I want to talk about is according to the wealth. You can see that, we're, that Paul is asking... Um, that out of his glorious riches, God's glorious riches, that he might strengthen you with power. So I want to pull that, con- that, uh, that sentence out, that part, and talk about it a little bit. I want to illustrate what that really means. So I had to do some research. Um, it is still Bill Gates, I was surprised, um, the richest man in the world. Um, according to Forbes.com, as of yesterday, $76.5 billion. That's how much he's got. And I want to I plant an image in your brains of Bill Gates walking down the street and here's a homeless person um, with a cup or with playing guitar and Bill Gates gives him 10 $100 bills. Thousand bucks. Okay? Um, that's a good day. That's a good haul for that guy that day. Um, but as Bill Gates turns to leave, there's a camera crew following him. It's all on ABC and it's all this special thing. The camera crew's following him and the man actually shouts out who's sitting down and says, why don't you give out of your riches according to them? And everybody is shocked. They're gasp. What is he really asking when he says, give according to your riches? How would Bill Gates give according to his riches to someone that he loved and cared for, like our Father loves us? Would it be a million bucks? I think it might be. He'd be giving a million bucks to that guy if it was according to his riches. But Bill Gates is not going to do that because he doesn't care for and know this man and love him. So he's going to walk away and take his flight to England and uh, spend a million bucks there um, just doing that with his private jet. Uh, nothing against Bill Gates, um, but it made a good illustration. So, as the children of God, we, when, we, when we're about to pray this prayer, we're going to ask for God to give out of his wealth according to his riches. Um, and I don't know how rich you think God is, but if you look around, he owns the universe, and he created it, and he has infinite resources, and he's an infinite God. And so he has infinite wealth. 
And so when we say, God, I want you to give according to your riches, that's a staggering statement that we're asking God to do. And we're about to ask him to do that. We're not going to ask him for monetary wealth, um, but there are, there are riches ahead that we're going to be asking for, and they are worth a lot more than monetary wealth is. Um, so the next concept in here is strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner person. Um, so his spirit lives in us when we believe, and when we ask God to give to according to his riches, part of that is we're asking to be strengthened with power. Um, and that is to do the good works that he has called us to do. We are not asking God to strengthen us um, so that we can go higher in the status pool of our community or go up in our jobs. We're asking God to strengthen us for service for other people. And he will do that. Um, and Christ will live in us and strengthen us. The next part, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We want Christ to live in our hearts. Um, and that means we want him to be the central point of our entire being. That when we act, uh, people see Christ. That's what it's like to have him living in our hearts. Um, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Uh, the faith part of that is we believe that and we hold on to that because Jesus died for us and rose again so that our debt might be canceled. Um, and here's a pretty important part. Uh, I think this might be the next slide. Oh, no, it's not. It's the one before, sorry. Uh, so that because you have been rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Um, so we're talking right now, uh, Paul's great prayer for out of the riches of God is that we might understand his love more. Um, it might be through us completely. Um, and he's writing, remember who he's writing to, he's writing to people who have some pretty good faith right now. Um, and so this is a message for everyone, regardless of where you are in your, in your walk, um, you're called to focus on his love, being rooted and grounded in it, so that, it's like, so that love comes out of everything that we do. And the next part, and thus to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So this is kind of like that according to his riches. When we're asking to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, we're basically asking God, according to what you know about love, give it to us. Give it to us. And that's infinite. He has infinite love for us who we're asking for to be overwhelmed with it. And what is the result? We have to sow that. You may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Again, how full is God? When we ask for God, how much are we getting? Um, an illustration um, is like if you're trying to fill up a cup of water um, and you dip it into a stream, you have a full cup of water. God is not like that stream. God is like a mighty ocean that you take that cup and you throw it out into the middle of the ocean and it sinks to the bottom. That's the fullness of God in us. Okay, so with that knowledge of this prayer, I'm going to ask that you would go back to the, uh, back up to the first Ephesians 3 slide there. Um, with that added knowledge of what all of this means, we are going to pray, with, pray it. And when you pray scripture, you're not praying like you're reading a book. 
Um, maybe you're praying like you're le- reading a book to a, to a small child. Like you're excited about it and you're trying to be emotive. It's a little bit like that. Um, but we're really we're praying from the heart. We're not just reading something. And so as I read these words, um, you can kind of use the scriptures as a framework. And I wanted to bring people to mind in your life. That's what it does for me. I think of people, I think of myself, and I ask for these things boldly. We have all access. We have an all-access pass to ask these. So um, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to ask that you would participate. You can keep your eyes open. You can pray in your hearts. Um, you don't need to, I'm not asking you to pray out loud, um, but pray this with me. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I'm thinking of people that don't know Jesus, and I'm asking that they will be part of the family. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that us being rooted and established in love, we might have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may and that we all might in this valley, in this nation, in this world, might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of of God. Amen. Okay. So we've talked about the hands down, uh, palms down, palms up. We've talked about praying Scripture, and there, is en- there are endless prayers in Scripture that you can search online and get to know and pray, and pray this portion of Scripture often. But there are certain corrections I want to make in our prayer life. Uh, what, the things maybe what not to do. Um, and we all may be guilty of this at, at one point, but this is sort of the tried and true. These are some things that Scripture says not to do when you, when you come to talk to the Lord. Um, first of all, it, it's not about show. Um, we're, not, we're not putting on a show when we pray publicly like I am. Um, it's not to build me up and, to, and to, to draw attention to me. It's to draw attention to God. And if it's not doing that, you're not doing it correctly. Um, so... I would encourage us to pray less puffy words. I know we just prayed scripture, which is awesome. Uh, But you don't have to feel like you're stuck in praying someone else's words. You can pray what comes to mind in your own words. Um, The Pharisees, the teachers of the law in Jesus' day, were called out for praying and for being on the spotlight and for having big fancy robes and, and puffing themselves up when they prayed. It made it seem like they had some special status with God. But we are all children of God. Nobody is above anybody else. So another thing to watch out for is, that, uh, is repetition. Uh, we, do, we do pray things over and over, over a 20-year uh, span. But you, you might think that if I sit here and I chant, I chant word phrases over and over, that's going to get God's attention um, he, he is a real being. We are created in his likeness. That is not how you would talk to somebody else and just repeat phrases over and over. You don't have to do that. 
He hears you when you pray. So you can, you can pray it. You can pray it again. And you can pray it again over a 10-minute ten uh, span. That's okay. But don't chant it and, and think that that's going to get God's attention. Um, another thing that you don't want to treat God like when you're talking to Him is to treat Him like a genie. Um, the classic three wishes. And we're, we're praying for something and... and uh, Maybe it's self-serving. We, don't, we want to avoid the genie God. He does have a plan for your life. He has a plan for everyone's life. And um, we, we are hopefully praying according to his plan, so we don't need to treat him like we're rubbing a magic lamp. Um, also, uh, a note on prayer is it does take a little bit of work and training. It takes practice. Uh, we might find that our prayer is fruitless, and we don't feel like we're connecting with God. But uh, as I was reading um, in the Celebration of Discipline book on prayer, uh, there was an illustration where if we turn our TV on and it doesn't work, we don't suddenly declare that there's no such thing as cable television. We say, ah, something needs to be fixed on the TV to make it work and connect to cable. We don't just say, ah, cable must not exist. It's the similar thing with prayer. If, if, it, if you're struggling a little bit, it doesn't mean that prayer doesn't exist and that connecting with the Lord doesn't exist. It takes time and practice. Um, furthermore, James 4.3. Um, I think that one's on the screen. It's possible, maybe. Um, so James 4.3 says, When you ask, when you talk to the Lord... You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Um, and so I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Some of the prayers that might be, you might be asking just to spend on yourself. And we are connecting to the Lord so that we change lives in our community, we change our friends' lives. Whoever we're connected to, we are praying for so their lives might be changed. Uh, we're not praying for uh, our trip to the Bahamas. Um, although that's, you know, taking vacations is awesome. But that's maybe, um, I don't know. So uh, the disciples did ask, Lord, the, ask Jesus when they spent time with him to teach them to pray. Um, and in John fifteen seven, we find that when we pray, we have to be totally dependent on his word and, and everything that he's about. And it says... In John 15, 7, if you remain in me, Jesus talking, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That has no limitations, no strings attached. When we are connected to the Lord, we can have confidence that what we pray for, we have. Ask whatever you wish. Um, you want that Mercedes Benz? Ask for it, right? No. <laughs> um, so... We talked a little bit about in surrendering our prayers with palms down and palms up that there is this thing called the silent prayer. When we come to God, we don't have to come with that long list. Sometimes you can speed up the process and you can, you can say, Lord, I trust you with my entire life. And I can skip a lot of that, a lot of that anxiety. You can say, God, I'm sitting with you. I surrender. You know what I need. I don't even know everything that I need. I surrender it to you. I'm going to fast forward this prayer and get to the real stuff where you're pouring into me and I get to respond to you. Um, and use your imagination and don't be afraid to do that. 
If you're praying for a friend um, that's caught up in addictions, I want you to pray for them and picture them having a full life and out of that addiction and use that to fuel your faith. That's what I'm praying for, Lord. I can see it now. Make it happen. I know you can. Change their lives. Okay, the last part of our teaching here has to do with the praying you. Um, That's what I'm going to end with. So the praying you. I don't know if you knew this, but you, individually, you are the one to lead prayer. I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself as that, but you are the future prayer leader in our church or your church is back home. Each one of you. You might someday be called to pray for our entire nation on TV. I don't know. You might be called to pray for our state. And you might be up in front of people. Our town. Our church family. You know you're going to be called to pray for your family. Your friend might get sick and say, can you pray for me? You are a prayer leader. Everybody is called to pray. Um, and and uh, to, to kind of illustrate that, think of when you were a kid and there were these amazing chocolate ice cream bars in the fridge and they were your friends, not yours, and, they were, and you were over at your friend's family's house and they were going to wait till after dinner to eat them and it's like three o'clock and you, it's a hot day and you think it's time to have those. You probably are not going to go straight to the kids, to your friend's parent and talk to them. You'll probably get him as a messenger and say, hey, ask for those now. See if they'll do it. Because it's like, okay, that's, you're their son. You have special access. Or you're their daughter. You have special access to to the parents. We are the sons and daughters of God and we have special access to him. We are the ones to go. Nobody else is. Nobody else should be doing that for us, but it's okay. If, you know, we have people pray for us, but let's see ourselves as the leaders, the ones to come to Christ and to pray. Um, so I also want to tell a story about my little brother, um, a younger brother, I should call him. I don't know if I want to call him little anymore, Shep. Um, he's kind of a, he's a pretty wild kid right now. He's on a, he's on a tugboat outside New York City. He's in college, he's doing his internship, and he's moving these huge barges uh, safely in the harbor, one of the busiest ports in the world. Um, and he's got this huge scraggly beard, um, and he has always sort of walked to his own beat. Um, he's always been very independent, and uh, you know, he's, he's the type of kid that will take a job and he'll, he'll fly, uh, I don't know, he'll be, he'll be in Africa and we'll never talk to him for 10 years and then we'll talk to him, I don't know. He's somebody that's okay with being independent in a way. And so my parents, uh, since he, w- he left for college, they get, they get little, little nuggets of, of texts from him every once in a while, like, sup, or hey, I'm, I'm all right, you know. It's just like little, little sentences. And they, when they get those little sentences, they're like, oh, it's so good to hear from him. It's so great. We love it. And, and now, actually, uh, my parents, when I was visiting home, uh, I think it was a week ago, um, they were telling me this story, and they're like, Shep talks to us now. He calls us on the phone. They were so excited. You know what he, you know what he told us yesterday or the other day? He said, Mom, I only got like 20 minutes off the boat, and I'm using it to call you. You guys are lucky. 
That's, you know, uh, and, that, and it's like my parents are overjoyed. They're like, wow, that's so special that this tough kid working on a tugboat gets 20 minutes off the boat where he doesn't have to swab the poop deck and paint and he he's, does everything on that boat. And he's using it to talk to my parents and tell them how things are going. And they are absolutely overjoyed. And we love Shep and we love um, where he's at and with his job. And uh, that's just who he is. That's okay. Um, but I want you to hang on to that picture um, to think of our heavenly parent when we spend time with him. God is overjoyed when you come to talk to him. And you get over that little text message and you start to say, God, I had 15 minutes break on my construction job and I used it talking to you. God is overjoyed when we do that. And we can do it anywhere. And I want to end by saying, going back to the video of what prayer can look like in our lives and kind of refresh some of the things that it looked like in my life in Nicaragua um, and what it can look like here. So people were talking about, we were singing faith that can, our Savior can move mountains. He is mighty to save. He's the author of salvation and conquered the grave. We had one person say that, they, that praying transformed their faith and walk with God. We had one person trembling in the presence of the Lord. A relationship with the Lord. Fueling the fire. I don't want to leave. God is my refuge. God will speak to my heart. When I spend time with Him, I am joyful and full of hope. I can bring any emotion to God. Prayer has been tremendous in my life. If you don't have a personal prayer life with the Lord, what are you really reaching for? We hope that prayer will spark revival in this city, going 24-7, non-stop. It doesn't stop here, in our building. It's important for the world, the whole world praying 24-7, 365. And I want to invite you to in that, into that lifestyle. I want you to see, and go, I want to go back to my goal, I want you to see that you are enrolled in the lifelong ministry of prayer. There's no getting out of it. You're in it. And prayer changes lives. So let's end with that. Let's end with prayer. Lord Jesus, right now, we surrender our, again our cares those prayers that we've been praying for for 20 years, the prayers that we pray for ourselves every day, we surrender them down to you and we trust them. We know that you are a loving Father and that you have a plan for taking care of us each moment, not just each day. And that you watch over us as we sleep. And so we cast those cares on you. And now, Lord, we get into the battle of prayer and that is to actually listen. So, Lord, we ask that you would make your presence known to everyone today while we listen now. Let's listen. And, Lord, we thank you that you are there and that we can be quiet before you. And we don't have to, sp to pray special words. Uh, but we can come to you uh, exactly as we are.
We thank you that you have your word that we can pray and we can pray boldly and know that's what you want because you wrote it, you had it being written down. So we thank you for your, for your examples from Paul and elsewhere in scripture. And Lord, help us um, to, to get out of any, any uh, meaningless patterns that we have with prayer. And help us seek out that relationship and fall in love with you so that we might impact our friends and impact this valley and to know you better and bring others to know you better. We pray these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen.